Hey, everybody. Scott McKay here. This is the Spectacle Podcast. I'm joined with my co-host, Melissa McKenzie, the publisher of The American Spectator. And I guess my boss, and you just made me senior editor over there. So I think I'm kind of like one of those third world like generals who like can't even put his jacket on because he's got all the fruit salad on it. Like Melissa keeps giving me promotions and I'm like, okay, well, this is kind of cool. Yeah, um, I, 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 there's not much further you can go for what it's worth. The 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 jacket's full. Yeah, and you're it. just gonna have to walk around like a peacock yeah. coat and tape. Well, that's right, and maybe I'd like have to win a war to actually earn any more uh, any right. more uh, little baubles on my jacket. We're talking about third world uh, potentates um, because the topic of this segment of the podcast is. Joe Biden versus Vladimir Putin. Um, and it's it feels weird to be talking about the American president as a third world potentate. However, uh, recent events make this comparison pretty necessary. And so uh, this comes in the aftermath of uh, last week, uh, Alexei Navalny, the Russian dissident, uh, who apparently... Is an it was an asset of the CIA or MI6. There was some video where he got caught essentially plotting against his own government. And of course, they throw him in jail and he dies last week, probably killed by Putin. Um, and of course, this happened almost immediately after Tucker Carlson went to Moscow and interviewed him. So there's major embarrassment for Carlson who came away from that interview saying, look, I don't have to be a Putin fan. And, you know, Moscow's better run than New York. Not sure that's actually true. Um, but, you know, he was somewhat complimentary of Russia. And then all of a sudden, this guy Navalny gets killed. Um, it almost makes you think that the CIA got the guy uh, to discredit the people who oppose more aid for Ukraine. But I think that might be a little far-fetched. Well, they'd have um, to go what up to Siberia, to the coldest, most remote prison yeah, in the world. Yeah, this prison's in the Arctic Circle. So yeah. I guess you can figure this out, but it would, like, put it this way. I think the CIA is better at meddling in American elections than they are at ops like that. So I'm not sure that that's plausible that, that anybody right. but the Russians did Navalny. But the effect of this was uh, for people in uh, on Joe Biden's side of the political aisle to then accuse Republicans and Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House in particular, they now call him Moscow Mike because he hasn't moved the Ukraine funding bill and therefore he is an asset of Vladimir Putin and therefore Mike Johnson had Alexei Navalny killed. In effect, mm-hmm. so this is a level of politicization that I don't know that we would have tolerated as a country 15 years ago, 20 years ago. It would have seemed beyond the pale, and now it was pretty much expected. Mm-hmm. So, the real question is this Are we at a point in this country where the level of our politics? begins to descend to the level of what it is in Russia, where it's expected that you would poison or otherwise murder 
your political opponents. We did a podcast last week about the growing political violence on the left. Um, if you talk to left-wing people, they will tell you all about the well-established political violence of the right without an enormous amount of evidence toward that. Um, but where are we as a country? Are we at the point where we can look at a Joe Biden and the, and the people who handle him as the same kind of folks that are running the regime in, in Russia or in these uh, some of these other places? Melissa, what do you think? Well, I don't, you know, I don't like this comparison in one way, only because Russia has always been this way. Russia is not a nice place. It's never a good place to be a dissident to who's ever in charge at any given time. Death is always um, implied for any kind of resistance, always. And uh, I can't remember, there's... Um, I think there's uh, no word for safety in Russian. I can't remember what it is exactly, but the idea is, is that you're just never safe there. And all the Russian citizens know that, and that it has been ever thus. And so, um, you know, of course, so when they say, well, Putin is bad, well, of course, you know, he's the guy who made, who downed airliners full of people. This is not a good guy. Um, but who's arguing that he is? What is supposed to be a surprise in America is that we're supposed to be different. And under Biden, that's not the case. Biden is imprisoning his political enemies. He is sicking his FBI on um, abortion protesters. He is going after his political rivals with lawfare. And if he thought it was politically expedient and helpful, he would put Donald Trump in prison. The only reason Trump isn't in jail is because it would actually help him at this point because the American people, unlike the Russian people, do have a moral sense of this is not something you're supposed to do. In Russia, everybody's like, well, it's bad, but hey, it's Russia. And so like, and the other thing is, is that under Biden, what, you know, one of the uh, things that he's been complicit in is we had an, uh, I had an American over in Ukrainian jail uh, who was videotaping kind of what the Ukrainians were up to. And oopsie, he got uh, un unalived while over there and nary a word out of Biden. Biden could have got brought that guy home and made sure that he was safe because Ukraine is basically, you know, the United States is the puppet master for Ukraine and everybody knows it. And that would have been an easy thing and it didn't happen. And so like both foreign and domestic enemies of Biden and this regime are not safe. There, I, I saw on tw Twitter X, a, a a plea from a mother of a boy boy you know young man now who walked through the capitol and is spending after being on house arrest for two years spending four years in prison federal prison for not violent for walking through the capitol that the doors were open open and held open by the capitol police right okay so 
don't talk to and, me. And that's not, and that's not some singular story. There are no, hundreds, no, no. even thousands, thousands of people. of people whose lives are being wrecked because they had the temerity to say the truth, which is something wasn't right about this election. And so now we have dissidents in the United States who are spending jail time. And the thing that bothers me are guys like Jonah Goldberg, who's got his panties in a bunch today on uh, X talking about the comparisons between Biden and Putin are just offensive. Really? Well, you know, the thing is, um, we know that Putin is evil. No question. You know, I, and so every time somebody brings that up, I'm like, yeah, well, duh. You know, like I'm supposed, this is some big insight. This has always been this way. The problem I have with you, Hats, is that you're saying that there's some better person that could be in charge in Russia or that somehow some magical cultural transformation is going to happen in Russia. And it's not. And it well, won't happen. Well, and, you know, we talked last week about Jonathan Martin at Politico, who mm -hmm. decided to journosplain all, all us Republicans that, oh, Joe Biden's not coming off the Democrats ticket. And you guys are conspiracy theorists and fabulists for believing all this. Mm -hmm. And he closes his article out by saying, you know, at the end of the day, Joe Biden is a fundamentally decent man. Mm. And it's like, Okay, who's the fabulist and who's the conspiracy theorist? Joe Biden is an utter scumbag and has been an utter scumbag his entire adult life. Right. Okay, this is a guy who showered naked with his 12-year-old daughter. Okay, and every time he's around somebody else's kids, he does something inappropriate. That's it's, In other words, it's not like, oh, that's just some story. Somebody. No. We have the receipts. We can show you the video evidence of this guy creeping on other people's kids. Okay. There's the Tara Reid story. These people will believe E. Jean Carroll, who is like, can't stop lying about men who sexually assault her, supposedly. And yet they won't believe Tara Reid's story about Joe Biden. Really? Okay, fine. We already know that Joe Biden has essentially run an influence peddling scheme involving his crackhead son that like took, they didn't even have any domestic clients. They didn't even peddle influence to Americans. They had to go out and find the biggest slime ball people on earth and peddle influence to them. The Chinese, the Ukrainians, the Russians. I don't know who the Romanians were cutouts for, but Romanians taking money from Romanians to go peddle influence and do certain things. Mm -hmm. I wonder if the Romanians weren't cutouts for the Mexican drug cartels. But that's just me. Come up with your own solutions. This guy has been a, uh, a, a selfish, greedy, lying, slimeball politician his entire career. And he's only gotten worse as he's lost his marbles. And his administration is the least American that we've ever seen. Like, and you can go through example after example after after example. These prosecutors, the Fannie Willis's and the Alvin Braggs that they bring to the White House to plan out um, these novel legal theory uh, indictments of Trump mm -hmm. in local jurisdictions. Okay. Everybody knows that Biden's White House ginned this up. 
All right. So the idea that these are just sort of organic things. No, this is the regime persecuting its dissidents is what this is. We don't even know what what Soros DAs in other places were invited to the White House and then they really couldn't come up with something they could that they could prosecute on. Okay, we didn't even know that. So persecuting dissidents put razor wire around the Capitol after a protest. Okay. They had nothing to say when the pro-Hamas crowd showed up at the Capitol, all right. To, to yell from the river to the sea, Palestine should be free. All right, which is a genocidal chant. They did it in the in the House of Representatives on the in the rotunda of the Capitol. Okay, nobody had a problem with that. But let a bunch of J sixers show up and say, "Hey, we think this election might have been hinky." Off to the gulag with you. Okay, Mark Hout, you mentioned the abortion protester. The FBI is doing SWAT raids on this guy. Because he defended his son against the guy that attacked him on a sidewalk, all right? Then there's Douglas Mackey, the meme maker, who made jokes about, hey, for the lefties, you can vote by uh, you can vote by text. Everybody knew that was a joke. They gave this guy seven months in prison for that. Right. It's insane. Um, all the way and like all the way up to even public policy things. The Biden administration is destroying the LNG export industry and its ability to expand and become price competitive with everybody else in the world, which as it happens, you wanna talk about um, the Ukraine war and geopolitics and how that involves Russia. The best thing you can do is to capture the LNG market, okay, with Western Europe. Replace Russia as the supplier of LNG. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Explain to everybody what LNG is. Liquefied natural gas. Yes. Okay. Right. We know that in because other words, we're energy state people, but. In other words, you know, the, the thing that the Nord Stream pipeline was going to carry to Germany, okay? Right. When the Ukraine war began, all right, that supply got cut off. The Europeans stopped buying it from Russia, basically had, a, had an economic crash as a result. And the mm -hmm. only thing that's brought them out of that is big, giant ships bringing natural gas to Europe to replace what the Russians used to have. All right. Mm -hmm. That carries a much higher cost than Russian gas that's getting you know piped in across Eastern Europe. The right. only way you bring that price down and make it competitive, OK, is to massively expand the number of facilities from which the natural gas can leave America and go to Europe. This is what Joe Biden has choked off. He knocked out, I, I don't even know how many, plans of natural gas export terminals that were in the process of being built. They just denied all the permits and, and kneecapped the entire industry. Did this for the reason of punishing Texas and Louisiana for standing against him on the border, all right? That's why he did it. It has nothing to do with anything else. So he's handicapping his own geopolitical effort at defeating Russia for, for nothing other than petty politics domestically. And I'm supposed well, okay, to believe that, that this guy wait, is- wait. I, I don't know that that's the only reason. 
Well, he's catering to the Enviros. Well, there's that, but also he's helping Putin. Well, I get it. That's I mean, this is ultimately he just like in the Hamas, you know, he's going to the UN to talk about uh, a ceasefire. He's playing both sides. He's doing the same thing with Ukraine and Russia. He's enriched Russia. this $95 billion legislative boondoggle that they expect the House to take up, and they're calling Mike Johnson Moscow Mike because he won't right. have a vote on the House. Right. Funds both sides of the Israel Gaza war. Yep. It's $14 billion for the Israelis and then $4.8 billion in humanitarian assistance to mm-hmm. Gaza right. that's going to be administered through Hamas. And yep. everybody knows it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the idea that, I mean, if I'm the Israelis, I say, don't give either of us money and we'll win. Right. Okay. Right. Exactly. That $4.8 billion will buy rockets. Okay. Yeah. It's not going to buy bandages and, and, and MREs or anything. No, it's going to buy rockets that everything that they've ever done with that money has been military. They don't right. help their people and everybody knows it. And yet he wants to give them more money. Okay. Mm-hmm. The thing, I mean, and I hate to even say this, but the one thing I would say about Putin, and Putin is a dirty SOB, okay? Putin is going to burn in hell. I am not defending Vladimir Putin as a moral man. But what I would say about Putin is Putin, at least through his own sort of warped mentality, Putin's at least trying to operate in Russia's national, national interest. Oh, okay. I don't think he's just trying. I think he is operating. No, like in Putin, NASA, sa- Putin says, okay, the Donbass, those people are Russian and they should be part of Russia. Crimea, those people are Russian, they should be part of Russia. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it so that they're Russian. All right. Now, <laughs> being Russian under Putin is no picnic, all right? But you know, that's his whole thing. These are my people, and I want them under my umbrella. You could look at that and say that's national interest, all right. Well, he also is looking is, for a port. I mean, for sure, absolutely, is. and he also doesn't want NATO on his doorstep, defending his national interests. He also doesn't want to be part of this kind of world, one world government, and wants to keep more traditional cultural values. So yeah. he's trying to protect the people of Russia. Yeah. So that you know, you can you can hate him. You can say he's a bad guy and he kills, you know, like, don't be a general under him. You'll end up like being, you know, taking a leap off of a balcony. So, I mean, uh, between poisonings and falling out of windows, like, it's almost comical. That's how you're going to die as a Russian leader, even if if you disappoint Putin. So, like, it's not a happy place, no matter even if you're on Putin's side. Right. So, okay. You know. Now, flip this over. Mm-hmm. Tell me about Joe Biden and American national interest. How's that going? Right. What are, What is Joe Biden doing that is beneficial or um, rational where our interests are concerned? We're going to spend $60 billion to fund the Ukraine war, and they're selling this on the basis of Yes, but it'll help America's national defense industry. Mm-hmm. So in other words, we're really laundering this money back home. Right. Okay. And this is supposed to be a reason why we should do it. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're doing that. But on the other hand, the Chinese 
are sending people to Ecuador and then walking them, walking them up the border. It's something like 45,000 people in the last 18 months, the vast majority of which are military-aged males with no vetting and no qualification whatsoever as to their intentions while they're here. Right. And Biden and his Secretary of Homeland Security, Mayorkas, who Biden talks about, it's a travesty that he would be impeached, have done nothing, have done nothing. They have identified lots of these Chinese as veterans of the People's Liberation Army. Mm-hmm. These are Chinese military veterans walking across the border unvetted. Okay? Like, what what are we being set up for? And they're not even curious as to what this is. And I'm supposed to believe that Joe Biden is an honorable, decent man and Vladimir Putin is the devil. I'm not sure I'm buying at all. And if Jonah Goldberg doesn't like it, Jonah Goldberg knows what he can sit on. (laughs) Well, the thing is, is that I... I'm, I tire of the willful ignorance by those who hate Trump and will justify anything. And their argument is, well, those who love Trump will justify anything, even Putin. But I, but, but that is a straw man argument. I have never said, nor will I ever say, that Putin is a good guy. That doesn't mean that I think that the war should continue, that this, that this should have been stopped. It doesn't mean that I, you know, I am allowed to have an opinion and be a patriotic American, which is what I am, and and believe that spending time and treasure um, to continue a fruitless war in Ukraine is is stupid. I, I'm allowed to have that opinion since it's my taxpayer dollars that are involved here. And also when peace will end up being the same, ended up in the same place as we were a year and a half ago, if it would just stop. Now there's the risk that that Putin actually can win because Ukraine just doesn't have the resources. Humans, they don't have enough people. Well, part of the reason they don't have enough people is because so many of them have left. Well, which and should tell you died. something about their level of faith in that government that we're supposed to be bankrolled. Exactly. Right? Their their people have, I mean, you know, they got more refugees from Ukraine than from Venezuela, which is a lot. Well, okay? Pol- like Poland has taken in uh what two million of the um Ukrainians the have and- taken in an enormous number. And I mean, like they're all over Europe now. They're all over okay? Europe. And the thing is, is that now at this point they're settling in. And so they're not going back because they, you know, um, I know some Polish folks and they're talking about how they're just getting, uh, applying their education. They're a lot, they're not unlike um, some South American immigrants to America where they're doing um, construction, a lot of, a lot of the, I don't want to say servile, but the, you know, in the service industry work and they're happy. Their kids are getting educated. They're safe. It's a NATO country. The motivation to stay is high. The motivation to leave is low. And so like, and they're, 
if they're granted citizenship, which, you know, at over time that might well happen because they do have shared values with uh, the places that they're going in Europe, it, it, it's yeah. a win-win. Well, that's a problem because there's just not that many people in Ukraine left. And right. um, yeah, sure, it's a bloodbath on the Russian side too, but this is, what are we doing here? And I, as an American, am supposed to be uh, rah-rah, sending 60 or 40 billion or whatever the number is uh, over there uh, uh, in addition to make Lockheed Martin and everyone else rich? No. Well, you know, and the, the other side of this is the entire point of this disagreement was that the Republicans on the House side demanded some sense of um, strategy, right. some sense of, okay, but what's the end game? Okay. Are we, are we going to just, are we going to negotiate a peace? Are we trying to depose Putin? Are we trying to restore the 2014 right. borders of Ukraine? Like, show me what victory looks like. Right. Then we can evaluate that. Then we can talk about what kind of commitment we're going to make to Ukraine. Right. And the answer has always been, no, no, you have to give us all this money. And it's an open-ended commitment. And if it's a trillion dollars, then it's a trillion dollars. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, and I, and I wrote this at the Spectator. I said, Putin killed Navalny. A theory on that is that Putin no longer cares whether we give the 60 billion. He doesn't care. He thinks he's going to win anyway. Mm -hmm. He thinks that that 60 billion will only further expose the rot in our national defense industry and its manufacturing capabilities. And it will further discredit the American regime with the American people when he wins anyway. Mm -hmm. Give them the 60 mil billion and I'll win anyway. And then I'm going to be the big dog. All right. And he's to the point where he says, I can press this advantage and I will be able to drive a piece that I want. Mm -hmm. Whereas a year and a half ago, I'd have had a sliver of the Donbass and I'd have had Crimea that I've already had since 2014 mm -hmm. and you did nothing about it. And as it happened, the people of Crimea also voted to be part which should right. matter to us. Well, okay? the thing is, is if Putin is making this bet, Scott, which there is a possibility, a good possibility that's the case, he has a long, he's got Afghanistan to look at, he's got Iraq to look at, he's he's not wrong in making the, the um, coming to that conclusion. Now, yeah. one of the reasons why he might want to, you know, tie this all up now is because if Trump gets elected, the jig is up in a different yeah. way. And and he knows it. And so like there have been these entreaties, you know, with Biden in charge, Putin ha has had free reign. Every despot in the world has had free reign. And, and so like for all of the people, the neocons talking about a world of peace, all of the things that they said would happen if Trump was president, have happened under Biden and they're still defending him. So great is their hatred and their moral blindness. So don't yeah. lecture me, Jonah, or anyone else about moral blindness. Look in the mirror. What you're doing is, since genocide is the popular word of the day and being redefined, you are helping the 
Putin regime, actually, by what you're doing and gutting Ukraine. And over in um, Israel, your, your president is going before the UN to sue for a ceasefire, which helps who? The terrorists. So I don't want to hear it. Yeah, and exactly. I don't want to hear it. Your moral compass is off. And I don't want lectures about this. Now, I will say this as far as the humanitarian stuff in uh, Gaza. It is a terrible situation uh, that, you know, humanitarian situation over there. Egypt doesn't want these people. No one wants these people. All right. So they have nowhere to go. And the Christian community in Gaza has been decimated by the IDF. And that seems purposeful. And these are historic Christian communities that did live in peace with their Muslim brothers over there, actually. And Israel has been destroying them systematically. And it's evil. Yeah. So I am not letting them off the hook here. And I do think that what is happening with the people of Gaza, if there's any innocent civilians, um, Hamas will take every bit of aid and deprive their own people of it. So until Israel wins, wins decisively and subdues the population, gets rid of the terrorists, no rebuilding can happen and, and no true help can get to the people who need it. And there are people who need it. And it is devastating to see what has happened over there. But you know what? Stop voting for terrorists. Sorry, this has got to stop. And so like, um, and stop having this kind of thing happen. Stop, you know, sending rockets over into Israel. Return the, you know, we have still 135 American hostages over there. Well. Or something, if they're still they have alive. bodies of 135 American hostages. Yeah, right. I mean, I, like, I, at this point, I'd be, shocked if very many of those people are still alive um we're not hearing you know, nobody seems them. to care right no one seems I mean, that, to care about that, them that this is yet again okay this is the disregard for americans yeah. by the biden administration yeah. and you know the people that handle this old man um you know and, and we're supposed to act like these guys care about First of all, they, they act as though they're citizens of the world, but they're not even citizens of America. Like no. they do things all the time that actively, actively right. harm the interests of American citizens. And, I, you know, like I'm I'm supposed to automatically assume that Joe Biden is like a much better man than Vladimir Putin. I might actually agree with that other than the fact that I hold Joe Biden to a much higher standard right. as an American president than I would hold Vladimir Putin who's yet another despot that runs Russia, which has been the case since 862 AD, okay? They don't know what good leader, leadership looks like over there, all right? We're supposed to know what it looks like here. And right. what we know is this guy's not even close to that standard. So right. I don't want to hear it from Jonah Goldberg or Jake Tapper or Jonathan Martin, anybody else. Right. Amen, Sister Sue. I 100% agree with you. 
This is, I'm so tired of this and I'm tired of the false equivalence. And I am tired of being lectured to by mental midgets who continue to get us into absolutely horrible situations and never feel shame for what their, their, the policies that they advocate for, the people killed and the destruction that they leave. And, and, and before we go, uh, uh, Scott has a piece up right now about the American, um, was it Baki Bazi? Is that how you say it? Bacha Bazi. Which was a practice over in Afghanistan that the American military wanted to stop, but the Obama administration, well, Bush, Obama, and Biden administration refused to enforce true values and allowed child rape over there. Okay. Uh, and here we have in America the same sort of thing happening. I just simply do not want to hear about this kind of um, the morality of America right now based on the destruction that we have wrought in all of these places with no end in sight. And there's no shame, no self-reflection, and no um, uh, accountability. And so, so I am a proud patriot American, but I would not want my son in the military right now and I sincerely worry about the um, position this leadership would put our fine young men and women in um, around the world, what they're willing to do, what they have done, what they did in Afghanistan, what they did in Iraq, what they have allowed to happen to our men and women in the military. So don't lecture me. Have Explain to me why what you did and what you advocated for in Afghanistan was the right and good thing. Explain to me why, how, and how the outcome of Iraq was good. And explain to me what an end uh, win looks like in Ukraine. And don't even start with me saying that regime change in Russia and Victoria Newlands, you know, whatever she uh, is fan, you know, her, her, um, masturbatory fantasies are about uh, Ukraine because that's not happening. So, and even if it did, the outcome would not be what you expect. So enough of this fantastical dream stuff. Let's get real. And let's actually talk about what the consequences of this is. Let's talk about the consequences of this border crap that we're dealing with and this true invasion and the invasion that's happening in Europe and the situation that we're having that, you know, an induced famine because we're trying to stop farming around the world because of some crazy uh, dystopian dream. Our leadership is insane and in causing destruction everywhere. And it's, as uh, bad as Putin is, Putin does not have the sphere of influence, not even one-tenth, maybe not even a fraction of the influence that our deep state elites and idiot in the White House have. So it, when it comes to proportional worry, my worry is from within. You know, if Vladimir Putin sends a, a warhead and drops it, in America somewhere, we have a unified country who's going to fight back like badgers. But what do we do about a complete traitor 
a treasonous traitor in the White House doing what he is doing systematically to our country and all the Obama fights who are in that in, in the administration with him. So let's talk about the real enemy of America right now. And it's not without, it's not in China, it's not in Russia. Those guys are obvious baddies. But, you know, the real devil is always, you know, uh, he doesn't wear, isn't dressed in red, has horns and a pitchfork. That's, you know, she uh, over in, in China, that's Putin in Russia. They're the obvious baddies. But real evil comes disguised as good. And that's who's leading us right now. And that's who we all should be worried about. And so I will take no lecturing about this. Um, sorry. Anyway. So everybody go over to the American Spectator, spectator.org, and read Scott's latest piece. It'll be up tomorrow, up late tonight, actually. It's excellent, excellent, excellent. And we've got a whole great roster of writers. Um, also, coming up, we have next week, we're going to be doing a live transmission from Palm Beach, actually, uh, on education. Scott will be there. I will be there. And um, our editor, Paul Kanger, will be there. And we will be transmitting um, some talks with Peter Schweitzer. He'll be talking about corruption, not just in education, but in the government in general, what we're talking about right now. He has a new book coming out. And then we will be talking to Carol Markowitz about her book and um, the corruption in education again. And then we have a special guest uh, we, who we will, will be our third um, person speaking there. And so we hope you all can join us. Uh, you can find the link at the website at spectator.org. You can like and follow Scott and me. Uh, I'm on X as Melissa tweets. Uh, Scott, you're the Hayride on X and you can find him over at Reviver and the Hayride.com. And, um, you know, like subscribe all the things and write us with feedback. So I'm Mackenzie M uh, at spectator.org and Scott, People can reach you at Scott at the Hayride. Scott at the Hayride.com. Yeah. Dot com. Yeah. So write us and give us feedback to see what we you think about us. So anyway, uh, thanks, Scott. I hope you have a great weekend. I don't know when this is this uh, podcast will go up, but we're recording on Tuesday. But I'm thinking we'll it'll go up later in the week. So anyway, thanks all for listening. We'll see you next time.